Wow, did you see Jimmy Butler has the 10th most popular jersey in the league this year? Jimmy Buckets, selling out jerseys and selling out his teammates. Welcome to episode 111 of Wolves Cast, the show that is still dealing with Michael Winger separation anxiety. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to the show, everybody. Night is long and full of spoilers, my friends. Oh. We're recording this uh, Thursday, uh, April 25th. I'm all about the Avengers. Can't wait to see it tomorrow, but uh, got to stay off the internet for the next 24 hours. People are seeing it right now. Wow, you're at the finish line right now. And that's, that's you know, I would hate to trip right here at the finish line. So. Yeah, it's also yeah, it's also the time when you're most likely yeah, exactly. see something so, or yeah, hear something. Yeah, because now people have seen it. Now yeah. people have seen it. And Humans are in the world who have seen it. Exactly. And so it's just <laughs> nerve-wracking. But I'm glad you won't hear this uh, until I've probably am in the theater because yeah. I don't want you to get any funny ideas. Yeah, don't, don't do anything to Scott. He's, he's already seen it. By the time you're hearing this, he's already seen it. So whatever. Shout out to the people who always get to hear our podcast the earliest that is the smartphone speakers or excuse me the uh what is it the podcast no it's the, your smart device uh, your amazon device i don't want to say its name out loud or else uh-huh. they'll turn it on yes but, the lady you know, the lady in the tube that's right the lady in the tube you know <laughs> they they're hearing everything we say so technically they get to listen to this episode before release even they hear the raw edition yeah, that's the true unpolished unedited uncut the dozen cuss words neil always has to uh, edit out so many so many well we are back with another episode of wolf's cast thanks for being here today we're going to to uh, sort of look into the summer and uh, preview the offseason for what me, might uh, be coming uh, here for the Wolves, what might be lots of uh, important things um, to come. And we're going to we're gonna talk about all those things. What are the hot styles this summer? Oh, you know? so many Where things. are the places to be seen? Yeah, you know, you know we got to talk about it all. We got to talk about the, the president of basketball operations, coaching hires, you know, the draft, free agency. We're going to, you know, get to uh, power rankings. We're going to rank some things that we really want to see happen for the Wolves uh, this summer. Uh, Weekly Wolfies, a game. You know what's all going down right now on Wolvescast. We really appreciate you joining. Please uh, subscribe if you haven't already. You can uh, find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, and um, also on Spotify. If you listen, if you use Spotify, you can find our show there. Yes, they have podcasts there now. So check us out at all those places. Also, as usual, you get us at uh, Canis Hoopus. So you can't find us at yeah. Title, which I subscribe to still for some reason. <laughs> no podcast there. I didn't know they did podcasts over at Title. I just realized today. I saw it today, and I looked through it, and they have podcasts that have lived and died with us. Right. So they, apparently, they've been doing it for a while. Nice. Well, um, today we're gonna get right into full court press, but first. We have, uh, we're going to get to sponsor. We're going to do something different with our sponsor this week. And uh, guess what? We know that uh, the Minnesota Lynx have a brand new team coming up this year. Whew, a lot of unfamiliar faces. After having like the same set lineup for you know the better part of this decade, uh, now we got some new faces on the team. Yeah, so the team wants to get the word out about who these new players are and uh, what you know, trying to help you understand who they are and what they're about so you can make some connections. Um, so we have a number of sponsors this week uh, about some different players. So yeah, we want to thank uh, uh, the Lynx for uh, sponsoring this episode of Wolf's Cast. The Minnesota Lynx forward Karima Christmas Kelly is the Swiss Army knife of the WNBA. There's no player she can't guard. No spot on the floor she can't score from. And yes, she's available to perform at halftime. A little bit of everything. And she's as versatile as they come. If you need someone with a holiday in their name, she's got you covered. The Minnesota Lynx. Get to know them. All right. Yeah, all right. Let's get into full court press. We don't have anything to recap. We don't have anything to recap, so we're just going to jump right in. Here's the tip. Okay, cool. There's like three big things, three important tentpole features of this summer for the Wolves. Right. We're going to go through all of them. Usually there's only two ways that, you know, we acquire players in the offseason. Mm-hmm, so we're mm-hmm. going to obviously get into the draft. Uh, you know, you have an all right spot, number 10, if everything goes according to plan. Maybe better if uh, hope. history doesn't follow, you know, doesn't repeat itself. <laughs> yes. uh, we also have the free agency. We're going to take a look at the Wolves cap situation so you know who we can afford to sign and maybe look at a few free agents that we think might want to be interested in coming here. But first, this season, we have another free agent that we're hunting, and that is a 
new president of basketball operations, a.k.a. Pobo. Yeah, and that person may or may not uh, have a, a coaching decision to make. Uh, all signs point to not. Yes. <laughs> right? They will not have that sort of uh, decision. But we, we They can, will we have an help. Andrew Wiggins decision to make, oh, though. Oh, yes. That is... That is Something that looms large over this Timberwolves uh, franchise. And, you know, for me, this is important because whoever this new president of basketball operations GM uh, figure or figures are going to be, they probably won't have any, you know, history with Andrew, right? It's it's kind of a clean slate. They're going to come at him with some different eyes. It was Flip and Milt Newton who made the trade for Wiggins. And then it was Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden who gave Wiggins the max contract. And so whoever's coming in next, uh, unless we're hiring someone that knows Andrew personally, you know, hiring his dad or his Kansas coach or something like that, we're going to have somebody who is not tied to Wiggins in any way. And they'll have to make that decision. Do we trade him or do we do something different with his development that might actually work? I want someone who's cold and calculated about all this, right? Someone who can look at uh, the future just with a fresh set of eyes. So, yeah, that's that's definitely... the. That that and the, you know to a lesser extent the Gorgie Jang uh, contract, but obviously that's a much smaller <laughs> pales in comparison to the, to the Wigan situation. Yeah, you could really. And Gorgie s- played a lot better down the stretch, and you could see him still like kind of being a contributor off the bench, and yeah. even sometimes a long town. So. I should say just off the jump that you know we don't have our inside sources. Uh, no, a lot of this is none. I, I read a lot of John Krasinski's excellent reporting for the Athletic. Mm-hmm. We all love John here on the pod, yeah. and if you're a Timberwolves fan, you definitely know who he is. You know about it. So uh, he's been giving us a lot of the info and um i don't know what i was gonna say yeah so just go check out his piece to read more about you know about how this summer is going to go especially as i remember it what I was gonna to say. the president of basketball operations it's about gorky mm. he would listed about when he was talking about how they're looking for somebody with a different temperament than thibodeau uh one of the things that they cited about thibodeau that wasn't very team friendly was how he didn't tell gorky that he would be on the second team gorky discovered by showing up to his locker one day and seeing the second team jersey hanging in his locker practice jersey uh, yeah and and how that really destroyed gorky's confidence and you know a lot of this is on gorky for how he responded but at the same time you saw with ryan and playing Gorgie so much at the end of the season. We saw a spark of the Gorgie who is still overpaid, but is actually someone who can contribute positive things to an NBA rotation. Totally. Okay, so the Wiggins problem. What are the other things that, you know, the new president of basketball operations, you know, can can sort of look to having to do this, this summer? Well, another complete opposite thing than what Thibodeau did last summer is that, and we've already heard Kat talking about this, we're going to get the guys together this summer. There needs to be some kind of summer training program because uh, yeah. you know what they say, Neil, champions are made in the off season. <laughs> when the season that. starts, it's all about maintaining your body. It's hard with the practice and the schedules to actually have time to improve. So you have to improve in the off season. That's how you get better. You got to set yourself up for success. And last season, Jimmy was in Europe and Kat was you know, in California and Wiggins was in Toronto and nobody was in town all summer. And the first time they saw each other was training camp. And that is not how you build the chemistry that you need to have people, uh, you know, really bond throughout the season. And also, we want to make sure they're developing the stuff we want them to develop. And it's easier to do that when you can get them to the Target Center, Mayo, Mayo Clinic Square. Yeah, it didn't seem like that was really a priority for the Thibodeau regime, really. You know, having guys get together and, and you know, work on specific things. I mean, I'm sure they had a plan and trying to do something. But there wasn't very much proof that these things actually got worked on or that there was any real development. So it seems like you're hoping that with whoever comes in that they can institute these kind of expectations of like, here's what, you know, you should be doing. Here's what we're going to expect from you as a leader of this team. And then you have to get the other guys, stuff like that, because, you know, it is important. And you do see that there are a few other teams that seem to have a better uh, you know, a better camaraderie amongst them and stuff. Not that the Wolves were that bad this year, especially after the Butler and Thibodeau stuff kind of passed, but... Could always you know, be better. Can be better, yeah. I think so. Shout to my dog, Rhino. <laughs> Speaking of Rhino, uh, he already was saying at the end of the season he had made plans to go to, I believe it's Serbia, right, with Dario? Oh, He's yeah. from Serbia, That's right? nice, yeah. I'm just blanking on it for I some so, reason. yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's made plans. He said, whether I'm coach or not, I'm making plans to go out and work with Dario this summer. And when Kat was talking about how they're actually going to make an effort to get together this summer, he said how, how excited he was to see Summer Gorgie, because Gorgie <laughs> usually goes to Senegal for the entire summer. And I just like the idea of Summer Gorgie being like someone in like Gorgie, but in swim trunks Shades. and sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Shades, wearing, an, wearing an open button-up shirt. You know, just open, bare chest exposed. So, uh, as we said before, Michael Winger, the uh, as we talked about last week, Clippers uh, assistant GM, is taking his name out of the running. 
uh, here. But that leaves us with four candidates uh, for team president Pobo. Uh, Nuggets assistant uh, GM Calvin Booth. Former Wolf. Former Wolf. Uh, Brooklyn Nets assistant GM uh, Trajan Langdon. Houston Rockets Executive Vice President uh, Gerson Rojas and ESPN analyst Chauncey Billups. So Ooh, those are kind of Chauncey. the four. It's going to probably be one of those four. And, um, you know, all signs point to these interviews happening right about now as we record this they here. They're going on. Uh, in the last week. You know, uh, it wouldn't even be crazy if they scooped us with some information tomorrow. I before hope the, not. You know, but uh, nah, actually I wouldn't everyone's mind. Everyone's kind of saying that it's more of a two-week thing. Okay. So maybe, as we record this, maybe about one more week. Yeah, um, that's true. So they yeah. like to, you know, not do too much before. At least they don't like to announce too much before the NBA Finals are but, over. But yeah, lots of is being written about who's coming in and sort of, you know what the what the team is ultimately looking for in this person and 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 stuff like that. So I don't know. Is um, it, it's hard to know who the like front runner is. I guess in all this, all we yeah. can do is look at these franchises and what they've done in the last few years. Do you have a front runner? Do you have someone that you're cheering for? I mean, now that Winger is out, not really. But I guess Rojas. I I think Rojas would be the guy just because. Um, again, I have no idea who who is Rojas involved. for the listeners at home. We already said it, but I'll remind it. Uh, is from Houston. He's yeah, executive Houston. vice president. Yeah, I think he's been there for like a decade or something, a really yep. long time. Obviously, Maury is like kind of seen as as one of the best in the game right now, and so someone that um, you know has has been underneath him and learned from him over over the years. Sounds like a good thing to me, but all these guys have have you know report to someone who's had success over the last few years. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't be on this list. So yeah, I, I mean, Chauncey's the strong one. Chauncey's the only one who yes. hasn't been in you know front office lately. I He's mean, the gray duck here. Denver Nuggets, obviously, you got to love what they've been doing. Uh, they they made some great draft picks, and then they developed those players, and they've made a couple key free agent acquisitions to turn themselves into the force they are today. Obviously, they're in a good situation. Brooklyn Nets have you know made some really shrewd moves, not having any draft picks for the better part of the decade and still coming out and giving the Sixers the old what's for in the playoffs, you know, this year. <laughs> they look like a team on the rise for sure. And then Houston, what can we say about Houston? You know, they've, uh, they always just rebuild on the always fly. There. They seem and they're always good. And so, you know, there's, those are three really well-run front offices that these people are coming from. So that's encouraging at the very least. And I think there's a lot of negativity around the Billups thing right now and Wolves Twitter and stuff like that. But I, I have to think back to where we came from a few weeks ago of – this isn't even going to be an interview process. This is Scott Layden rising to Pobo, and and you know everyone's just going to be as they were. So think about that, Wolves fans. Uh, when you're when you're concerned about you know Billups potentially coming in here as not having any GM um, experience, and sure you, you're you're right to think that, but at the same time. I'm just happy this is a process. I'm happy right. this is an inter- a proper interview process, even if Layden and Saunders are retained. Those are smaller issues to me than the fact that they are turning over rocks and looking at different people here and actually having a process, which we couldn't say a few weeks ago. And a cool side note, uh, just as we're talking about how cool this interview processor has been doing, um, going, gosh, I can't speak tonight. It's I'm, all good. Thanos snapped my brain, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Well, one thing that I think that's cool about this process is that there's a rule in the NBA that says you have to interview diverse candidates for any kind of leadership positions. And that was done because teams were just uniformly only interviewing white guys. And so there's still teams that skirt that rule. Every once in a while, you'll see someone be like, uh, the owner be like, oh, I know who I'm going to hire already. And then they're like, well, you better watch what you're saying, because if you're saying that you already know who you're going to hire, then you are not following this NBA rule that says you have to interview diverse candidates and so this rule is very disrespected there aren't very many uh leaders in the uh basketball front offices or people of color and all four of these people are you know That's great. So I just think that's really neat as well. You know, you get a lot of jokes back in the 2013-14 season. So white only had three black players on the <laughs> roster, you know, really. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I just think it's a really cool thing that should be noted. Yeah, and I think John Krasinski had that in that piece, too, where it's not even at the top. There's lots of people of color throughout the Wolves organization. Uh, so I think... There's a lot of people who give lip service to adding diversity, but and then, you know, hire low-level people instead of uh, yeah. people who are running stuff. But, like, the Wolves are doing a good job, actually. Yeah, it seems like they are, so... So shouts to the Wolves for that. Yeah, and I think that um, yeah. also what's interesting to consider is that this president of basketball operation will be different than ones we've had in the past because, um, I mean, during Glenn Taylor's time, there's been four people basically who have been his GM. He had Flip, uh, Mikhail, Khan, and Thibodeau were basically his four you know big decision makers. Yeah. But this guy coming in will already have a GM in Scott Layden, and it sounds like have pretty much Ryan Saunders as coach, and they have uh, Ethan Cassian. Is that right? Ethan Cassian, yep. Cassian as CEO. So there's already a lot of people in place. 
we're not looking for like one transformative, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We just totally. want someone who can come in, fix the culture a little bit and know how well-run organizations are run. Totally. Then it seems like one of these guys will hopefully be able to bring that and yeah, I guess we'll know more here in the next uh, week or so. It but seems like the common ground with all these candidates are they are really well known for communication. Sure. Which is after after this last debacle, <laughs> the Tibbs regime, that is, I can understand why that is paramount in, in Glenn's uh, uh, calculation here. Um, cool. Should we move also, on? Also, they're all stuff? pretty young, I should note. They're all in their 40s, and which suggests that they might be more open to a more modern approach than 60-year-old Thibodeau was, you know. And with Ethan also being in his 40s, I just think that, you know, um, Ethan and... It's a young man's game out here. Yeah, so it's a young man game. Well, it has some fresh faces and, you know, 70-year-old Glenn Taylor. <laughs> nice. He's hitting up. All right, next up is the draft. That is uh, after draft. after we hire somebody here in the next few weeks, uh, we will be uh, moving on to the NBA draft. That hey, is, Yeah. Actually, never mind. I don't want that to talk a, about that yet. I'm going to save it for later. In the that show. is about uh, two months from now, just under two months from now, about seven weeks. The lottery's next month, this. I believe, May 14th. Yes. Uh, yes. So the, so the lottery is about 18 days away. Um, and then we will have the draft uh, at the end of June. So we got a little more time for that, but that's good because we should have a G- uh, 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 president of basketball operations, GM, coach, all that needs to be in place before you draft somebody. Right, and that's why I'm saying the sooner the better with the Pobo hiring because we've got a lot of work to do this offseason. Scott, why don't you run down our draft position right now as it pertains to the pre-lottery. Neil? Flip a coin. <laughs> yes. Okay. We have it's a better. We have a better. It, uh, better tails. than. Okay. Better than fifty percent chance actually Ooh. of picking tenth. All right. We had the tenth worst record. We have a sixty-six percent chance of picking tenth. And then if you raise it to tenth or eleventh, those two spots, it goes all the way up to eighty-five percent chance. So we're definitely most likely going to be picking tenth or eleventh. We only have a one percent chance of falling lower than eleventh. So that's good news. Yeah. And then we have a fourteen percent chance of picking in the top four. So there's a chance. Up. That's the move up chance. That's the move right up there. chance. They, how the lottery works is they will now pick the. They used to just pick the top three. Now they will choose lottery uh, uh, combinations for the top four, and then everybody else just falls into place after that. Yep. So we have a fourteen percent chance of moving up into the top four, a minuscule three percent chance of getting in the Zion spot. But even moving up into the top four would be a huge win. Crazy. But yeah. If you're following along at home, what I'm telling you is it's going to be tenth or eleventh. Okay. Eighty-five percent chance. Just start planning on tenth or eleventh, and if we get anything else, then that's an unexpected surprise you know yeah and as far as uh, the second round pick minnesota does not have its own second round pick uh, they traded it back in uh, 2015 to the Cavs in the tyus jones draft night deal i can't hate that the wolves traded uh well tyus they traded Stones. three players for tyus jones chetty osmond who's actually played in the finals and stuff yeah he's uh, actually really good he's so. all right uh rakeem christmas who i don't really think made an nba team i know the name but not really I think he's gotten minutes but i don't think he's done anything. and then yet. it will be this second round pick although uh, the Cavs have since moved it on to the king so the Kings mm, will take uh, the the Wolves' uh, second round selection this year, but Minnesota did uh, cover themselves earlier in 2015 at the trade deadline. They picked up uh, uh, Miami's second round draft pick uh, that year. So, so they you know they they had uh, two two picks at one point, but yeah, got got rid of one of them. And, and so our second round pick would have been the 40th pick, and Miami's is the 43rd. So we're sure, only falling so, a couple spots. I mean, that can't yeah. make a difference in the second round. The second round is more important than ever, just as people have gotten better at scouting players like you find yeah. some real home run picks in the second round who then I mean, you can pay nothing to for like several years what so. was Kata Bates Diop like 43 or something or I think 46 40. I think it's like, 40 yeah he yeah. was right in that range so you can have guys who are in the first round right now in a mock like fall down to you at those spots so you know it's it's definitely super valuable so it's good the Wolves have 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 two picks yeah and Scott Layden did a good job getting Kata Bates Diop there that's why it makes me encouraged to actually watch the second round because usually it's like don't get attached to these guys Scott we're trading them for cash considerations you know <laughs> but no, that, was, that was the mo under david khan was cash considerations so it's nice to know that we have somebody who's got an eye on that second round and as far as who wolves will pick we did a little bit of previewing um before march madness um kicked off and you know we're gonna talk about some more guys um here right now but let's talk you know, philosophy real quick what overall are you, for? you know best player available is 
the kind of uh, consensus, but I think I would amend that a little bit and say best non-center available, yeah. right? Like, don't take a big man here. He's going to play behind Towns. Like, no. Like, And let's be honest, we're not moving Gorgie's contract for another year or two. Yeah, so. he'd be a third big on this team. So he'd I know, be a fourth big if you consider Dario. Sure, him. yeah, totally. So, I don't know. I, I know Brandon Clark is is um, the Gonzaga big, who's, uh, I think, the oldest player in this draft. He's like 23 years old. And, you know, he's mocked right around that area, so he's a player that you could see the Wolves take, but he's more, he's like 6'9 or 6'8 or something. He's yeah. like a small power forward or something. He's like yeah, an undersized more like a Tosh big. Gibson, you know? Yeah, so I think even if he was the pick, I, although I, I would have conflicted feelings about drafting a 23-year-old and stuff, as good as he's been, um, that's maybe the one guy you could see being taken as big. Here's another thing about this draft, too. Outside, I mean, Zion's going number one, lock it in, you know? And outside of maybe the top three, there's a lot of uh, volatility. Um and that makes it hard to predict because literally there are people in mock drafts who are in the fourth or fifth spot who in other mock drafts are in the 15th spot. Sure. So it's hard to know who will be available to the Wolves. But I And it's so hard because we don't know the order yet. You yeah, know, it's, exactly. It's going to be dependent on what these teams need or who they like. So Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of uh, – I was reading a lot about it, you know, the top 20 project, projected picks today. And it seems like a lot of guys, maybe the guys that we don't need, are like these tweener forwards who can – you know, who are like 6'9 and are versatile and switchy on defense but maybe – maybe can't shoot very well. Um, whereas what I did in my draft prep is usually I'm with you, Neil best non-center, but I just think we need shooting. So take the best shooter is what yeah, I say. I we really need court, shooting. If you want to target backcourt, I think that's a good idea. If we um, draft a shooter and spend all of our free agency money on getting shooters, it still won't be enough shooting next year. So uh, that's it what seems I'm saying. Like we say this every year is like wolves need shooting wolves need shooting, but really it's the whole league needs shooting. Right. It's, every single team is like, no, we need to keep up and keep, you know, scoring and being able to stretch the floor. So it's something that I think is, is league wide a need. Yeah, and not only shooting, but I would like it to be a guard if possible, or right. at least a, someone, you know, maybe 6'6 six, six is the highest I'll go because they can play a combo guard kind of spot. But I really have some names on us, Scott. Who, okay. who are we looking at right I'm now? I'm very interested in a guy that Rocco likes, shouted him out on Twitter uh, yesterday. Wow. I was saying, hey, Darius Garland, come on to the Timberwolves. Ah, Darius Garland. Yeah, very interesting. He probably won't fall to us, but the thing is, he only played five games in college last year for Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, all right. Vandy, and before Vandy. he tore a meniscus. And um, so even though he's very very highly regarded the fact that he only played five games I mean he could fall to us he's considered the next point guard in the Trey Young school of lead ball handlers with unlimited shooting range that sounds great um, all this comes is from the, the Ringer uh, NBA. A lot of it uh, does. Draft, I actually combined yeah. a lot of sources, but uh, uh, yeah. that one did come from the Ringer. Ringer, great draft guide. It's only going to get better too. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so I just think he's got the mix of shooting and scoring that'd be really cool. I don't really anticipate him falling to ten, but like I said, you never Cam know. Reddish, you Cam Reddish, he's someone that I think we talked about before when it came around to March Madness time. That would be a huge drop coming all the but way. But he down is to dropping. Us. He had a tough season, and one I of the would things not about mind him, that pick. he did not hit a lot of three-pointer shots, but everyone says he has great-looking yeah, shot mechanics. Yeah, tough year. It and became the Zion show. It became the Zion show, and then he was like he was one of the top five, to, actually top three-rated uh, high, high school. school players, and the top three all went to Duke, and Cam was the one who took the biggest hit to his role and his minutes, and to uh, you know, speak about his makeup, he took it with a you know maturity, and he didn't uh, raise a stink about it or anything like that, but his numbers in college took a hit because he was the third he shoot guy. well either. Yeah, yeah, and his two teammates are going first and second. You know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, he might fall, um, but I also think that he is also a person who is it probably won't hit ten. These other people, I think, will all be in, uh, all be around. We have Kobe, be available. Kobe White, who is a point guard from North Carolina, uh, speed demon with no fear when scoring the ball. And he shot 35% on 233 three-point attempts. That's a lot of three-point attempts um, and shot a decent amount on that. So I think that I like his shooting upside. Um, A lot of people in this range are going to tell you about Nasir Little from North Carolina. Um, He's got great wingspan and very explosive. He could be a great three and D, but I just think that the three side of that is a little bit rougher. You know, it's kind of like Joe Shokogi. We all said he could be three and D, but leaning heavily on the D Mm -hmm. side. Usually one side uh, ends up coming out stronger. (laughs) And so that's how I feel about Nasir Little. Um, He's a little bit taller than a Kogi, but I feel like he's a three and D guy, but much more sure about the D than the three at this point. And then this guy is projected below us in kind of like in the 20s. His name is Tyler Harrow. It looks like Tyler Hero. He's from Kentucky. 
rookie. And I just think that he's one of the best shooters that is going to be available in the draft. So I just think that he's a great shooter. And he's got a kind of game that reminds me a little bit about Devin, Devin Booker. Who doesn't want Devin Booker on their team? Let's get Devin Booker. Let's go. So Cat also, would like that. Uh, shouts to Nikolai Alexander Walker from Virginia Tech. I'm looking at you. We'll see how it happens. But nice. a lot can change. We're going to get workouts. We're yeah, gonna- we got two months still, so a lot can change. Yeah, we're going to get workouts. We're going to get the combine. All this stuff happens. And, and yeah. But if you want to start thinking about what guys to watch, you know, wind, back, wind you. back, you know, a couple minutes and listen to this again. And <laughs> just listen to those names I just listed because they're interesting. All right. One more, one more thing here. Full court press. He's on fire. It's free agency. That's right. I believe it Cha-ching. starts, what, June or Ju- July 1st or July 3rd or something like that? I July 4th? I don't know. First week of July, y'all. Free agency is tipping off. And the truth, Wolves, though, is in this tampering league, free agency is already, it's already started. Done. It's already done. It's already done. It's already Everyone done. knows. Everyone Katie's knows. Going to the Knicks. Yep. Secret Clay handshakes. Thompson. Clay Thompson's going to the Lakers. It's, yep. You know, uh, Kemba Walker and Jimmy Butler are going to be Knicks as well. Like, it's all it's all happening. Oh, <laughs> I, I think I think Kemba's going to the Nets. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah, free agency. And this is where the Wolves don't really have a lot of wiggle room. They're kind of they're kind of all locked up. They have eight players under contract next season. Teague, Wiggins, Covington, Sharich, Towns, Okogi, Bates-Giop, and uh, Jang. And um, let's see, those eight players uh, will make most of our, our, our cap, 99% of our cap projected <laughs> That's right. for next year. We so. got $108 million Crazy. committed to them, and the salary cap's 109. So we have a million dollars of wiggle room to work with. Although we have some options, as you pointed out earlier, Neil, uh, we can resign our guys. We can yeah. resign your own players. Yes, you, with uh, what they call bird rights, so you can kind of go over the cap. But don't totally know how it works. But if you had those players on your team the year before, you can you can resign them to new deals without hurting your cap too much. So yeah, guys like Rose, um, Luol Dang, Taj Gibson, if we wanted to come back, they could um, potentially be um, signed uh, for multi-year deals without eating into our non-existent cap room. But we also want to I mean I don't anticipate bringing Taj back because we want to get uh, the mid-level exemption. We have two powerful tools. Yes. Well, one one powerful, one not so powerful but tool. But basically the only two ways we can add players, yeah. essentially. Yeah, the MLE. Uh, the non-taxpayer mid-level exception is uh, it's about $10 million. You can be thought of as a $9.3 million gift card that every team who isn't over the luxury tax, uh, which is $138 million, has the opportunity to cash in. This is why I don't think we'll get Taj, because it put us over the tax, probably, and then we won't get this. So yeah. basically, this is a either it's $9.3 million a year. You can go up to a four-year $38.4 million. That's the maximum mid-level exception. And that's going to be the best way to, for us to add a player in free agency. Yeah, and I think you can get a high-end rotation player with this. I think you can maybe, not, not a starter, but someone who's you know playing 20 minutes a night and is contributing um you know off the bench or maybe even a starter who knows but you know i think they the wolves need to think about you know who can be on this team for the long term for the next couple years versus a one-year band-aid type of player um and i don't know i think maybe you could look at somebody who could be the point guard after jeff teague moves on whether that be at the trade deadline next year or after maybe around this time next year sure get someone into the fold who is a borderline you know maybe above average um you know but you know maybe like a backup who, who could also be a starter i don't know again it's like i don't really want tyus jones for this role but sort of like him i don't know i don't know it's hard because like this is like the role of like a young guy and there's not a lot of young point guards available here for, for the mle so i don't know i could see that and then maybe a power forward in case the charge thing doesn't work out i mean we're going to get a full season of that and that's going to be tested but i think you could still look at the power forward um position um you know kind of maybe a three four in okay like so more like a Kada or Lou Aldane kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, okay. something like that. But I don't know. So let's 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 talk about who we might want to see the Wolves get um, with the MLE. We got a we got a list of some guys here who you know who are available, who are free agents, and uh, yeah, we we got some names. We got some names here. Alex here, change change his face. Be happy. Go ahead, Scott. Enjoy. Go ahead, Scott. Listen, there's this guy who's going to be a free agent, and I've heard that he is not like anybody else. His name is Ricky Rubio. Bring him on home. Country club. This is where you root for Glenn to be the to be the nepotism guy, right? You're saying, hey, we, we you know this guy. You know this guy. You know this guy. <laughs> You've already given him millions of dollars, you know? And why not bring in somebody who, you know, the fans loved, not a polarizing guy at all. Neil, missed, did you see missed his, a big shot the other night. Well, you know what? He's he still had a great game. He had 17 points, two rebounds, 11 assists, three steals 
in that uh, that closeout game for the Rockets, you know, against the Jazz. So yeah, he he was on the losing side of that, but he's been playing fantastically. Uh, he's I've just been so happy to see him win a playoff series last year, have some playoff success. I think he's the guy who makes everybody on your team better. And if we're talking about improving chemistry in the locker room, you could do a lot worse than adding Ricky Rubio to your team. Yeah, I like Ricky, and but I just don't know if he's the if he's the the guy going forward for the Wolves. Obviously, it would be an amazing story, and it would be great to have him back in the fold. But also, someone we sure could think about uh, who's a pit bull point guard, kind of a little oh, different th- than Ricky. But I love this Patrick Beverly. Oh. Made five million this year, so the the raise to the mid level exception it would be more money than he made last year. And I've just always loved how tenacious he is on defense. I mean, he's the opposite of Jeff Teague. He really gets in a guy's shorts and will shut him down. And I just, oh gosh, after seeing how terrible perimeter defense we've had at the point guard for the past two seasons with Jeff Teague, the thought of you know, imagine how much better ta- Towns will look on defense when there's an, that crazy amount of penetration from the point guards into yeah. the paint on every single possession. We Definitely could use defense at the point of attack, and Beverly is one of the best in the league at that. He's a little older; he's thirty years old already, so yeah. he's not—he's not the point—he's not the you know the point guard of the next great Timberwolves team. Right, but he could be a good holdover, and, and you know someone to kind of hold the line for the next few years before we get that guy, or maybe we get Pat Beverly and and the kid from Vanderbilt or something yeah, together. Exactly. You know, and you kind of build that up, and it's kind <sighs> of a cheese nail. Can you think about taking the ball up the court and seeing <laughs> Pat Beverly, Josh Okogie, and Robert Covington I waiting would love for you? Beverly on this team. Oh, my God. No, we're shutting everyone down with that. Other guys uh, here, Jared Dudley, you know, having success with the Nets. I've always really liked it. I'm actually thinking, too, he's been making $10 million uh, the past few seasons. But might be a BAE guy. We might be able to get him on the the biannual exception for the lower. So that's that would be ideal. Other guys I like uh, here for the MLE are Terrence Ross. Um, He uh, made ten and a half million dollars this year. He is, you know, streaky and not a great defender. But man, hey, if the Wolves need shooting, there's not many uh, guys uh, on this list who can do it better than him. He's that's his calling card. So Terrence Ross, uh, uh, Darren Collison is another player. Kind of see as that backup point guard, and maybe move into he the role buckets. after Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague a contingency plan type of guy. Um, Darren Collison, that'd be wonderful. But yeah, I think we're kind of in step here. We need to see a point guard or a guard, someone who come in and, and provide just some more depth in that way. You yep. know, so there's not such a big drop off if guys are injured or or, or something like that. Um, all right, let's talk about the BAE. What about some that, smaller, the BAE, some smaller? We, did, we didn't guys. give an intro to this. It's called the biannual okay. exception. Yep. It's a one year, $3.6 million contract, or at most, we can go two years, 7.4. Okay. So uh, this short is obviously deal. a yeah, short term. We're and looking for maybe a, a smaller vet, amount of money. A vet who's looking for a one or two year make good deal, doesn't, you know, isn't concerned about getting rich uh, here off this one. Right. Yeah, so... I mean, I was thinking, you know... I mean, I don't think he'll come back for it, but Anthony Tolliver might be the kind one. of I love role that. of player I think fits he into definitely that. could come back and play for this team again. I don't yeah. know. He might have a sour taste after but being promised... But that was Tibbs, you know? That was Tibbs, He yeah. got minutes under Ryan. True. If Ryan's back, seems like he will be, then maybe Tolliver's got to come back because I, I think he's a great player. I think he's a great fit great for the locker player. room. Yeah. I think that also, like... I, I, I do agree that he wasn't used enough last season. I think yeah. he, he, I would be perfectly fine if Tolliver is what we spent this on. Yeah, at this level, you're looking for guys to just fill fill a role, fill a niche. You know, even if they kind of only do one thing, that's okay. You know, I've always been a fan of Tabo Cephalosha totally. from all the way back in the OKC days. Totally. Just a great, smart, heady player who knows how to play defense and has great wingspan. I think that him coming off the bench and, you know, locking some guys down would be really fun. Garrett Temple um, uh, in Los Angeles right now, having a great postseason, you know, come in off the bench as a, as a 3 and D kind of guy can hit some shots and defend a little bit so yeah, I think offense he'd be a off good the guy. bench replacing Rose yep. you know yep um, I don't think he'll sign here and I also think he'll probably get more he made only 2.8 million last year but Seth Curry yep uh, you know, I'm sure the Curry family just hates Minnesota. <laughs> I think there's a grudge there, but uh, he he's got some electric shooting, and we're talking about how we want guards who can shoot. Well, Seth Curry can shoot the lights out. And a couple more names from some vets who might be you know looking for the minimum, come in and just to get a chance. Talking Isaiah Thomas, Troy Daniels, Wayne Ellington, Austin Rivers, all guys who are making shooters. You know, the guy offense who's, only kind yeah, of guy. They're actually, all making like Austin's two million last year. Yeah. Austin is yeah defense only. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just think that these are guys who are not going to be making much money next year and I mean we love Wayne Uh, he's a great shooter and I think that this would be if you play it right you can get some good shooting here 
All right, so that that does it for us. For uh, Vince Carter, come play for us. Yeah, let's. We, so we gave you some names uh, there for free agents, some uh, draft draftees potentially, and some uh, presidents of basketball operations. And uh, we're gonna keep it going and uh, get to power rankings. But first, time for another word from our sponsor. Known for several heated confrontational moments with Minnesota legend Lindsey Whalen, former LA Sparks guard Odyssey Sims has defected and will play for the good guys this summer. She'll hound you on defense and pressure the ball all night long. And after the game, be sure to catch her across the street at First Avenue, where she performs as a local independent wrestler. Look out for I Can't See Sims as she administers her signature move, poking her opponent in the eyes. Boink! The Minnesota Lynx get to know them. Power rankings. Okay, uh, power rankings this week is things we want to see over the summer. Spider-Man in theaters July 7th. Spider-Man Far From Home. And then Spider-Man. also uh, Lion King in theaters. Uh, Aladdin. Aladdin. That's in May. I don't know if you consider May the summer. I consider it spring. But uh, yeah, we've got some got some really cool things coming to the theaters, honestly. So many things to see. So here's our ranking of movies, you want to say? Yeah, this are this is the movies. No, we're going we're gonna to do things we want to see over the summer from the wolves. Oh, the okay. Timber that makes more wolves. sense for us. Show. Okay, that's right. We have the Timberwolves. There's things that we want to see them do, or things that we want to see happen. The summer is an important time for any NBA franchise. And well, we have a list here. I guess it's not really. We don't really rank these things. We did not put them in. We it, didn't put them in. But any it is order. a ranking, Neil. It's the segment's called power ranking. So here, hold on, hold on one second. Yeah, hold on. Beep, Let's beep, rank beep, them. Beep. Okay, I've got them ranked now. Okay, all now, right. No, no, they're ranked. I'll start us off with number eleven. Players training together in Minneapolis. You Touched on what? a little bit earlier, and yeah, we want to see people stay here. I know LA is beautiful. Miami's great. You know you what's great in the summer? And get your get your reps in. Minneapolis is beautiful in the summer. True. And Ricky Rubio knew that. He used to stick around in the Stayed summertime. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just a shame that you know the time that these guys live in Minnesota are, are tough months of the season. And I think that if they trained here in the summer and lived here in the summer, uh, they would realize what a delightful city Minneapolis is. It's a wonderful place. And just like we were saying before, it's about getting to know your teammates, train together, becoming a team before training camp. Right? Like training camp is when you. Put in all the you know offense and defense and kind of get your stuff together, but you can become a team before that. So that's something that hasn't happened recently, and we'd like to see it happen now. All right. Uh, number ten. Time to get your flex on Wiggins. Do you even lift, bro? It's been five years at this point, and I get it. You know, you don't want to get too bulky. He's a DBZ fan, Dragon Ball Z. He understands what happened when Vegeta and Trunks came out of the hyperbolic time chamber, and they went to an advanced form of Super Saiyan, but then they were too bulky, and they couldn't move, and so Goku and Gohan figured out how to go Super Saiyan 2, keeping themselves lean and more powerful in the process. My girlfriend says I look good. That's right. We need Wiggins to start looking good. It's time, man. I know you got your, uh, what is it? The BioFreeze is the, you know, Pinkberry <laughs> yeah. drink is the stuff that he's sponsored he's by. Yeah, he's ad- it's time to get sponsored by Muscle Milk, my friend. You need to start putting on the pounds. And I get it. You're looking, you know, you're looking lean and strong every single season. You're looking more ripped, but it's time to put on some pounds. You know, it's just, it's getting to the point where you're not able to rip through guys, you know, and I go bet. strong to the hoop. And it's a problem on defense. Guys go through you instead. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he gets switched on to, you know, you know, bigger guys and, you know, bigger threes even. Like, it's not even like, you know, we're not even talking about power forwards and centers. We're talking about, like, just big forwards. And they just post you up and they just turn into you and put a shoulder into your chest and, and it's over. Like, you have been scrawny your entire career, Andrew Wiggins. Like, yeah. there's been no definition added. You need to bulk up, man. And well, can, can I'd say he adds game. definition, but yeah. the problem is that we don't need definition. We need bulk. We need yeah. some strength and some size and some weight. You yeah, know? it does not seem 
like he has put in the necessary work to add to his body like NBA guys do. And it's a problem, really. <laughs> One of many problems with Andrew Wiggins. So even, Katie, I would, even Katie, who's still on the skinnier side, has bulked up significantly in the past five and years. And you don't see the same problems. You don't see big guys. You know, Katie's a lot taller than Wiggins, but yeah. you don't see guys going through him with, with, with such ease. So come on, Wiggins. We, we know, we know that you can do this. Just this eat summer, a lot, man. I yeah. understand you've got a Shout metabolism out. where it probably just runs right off you, but come on, man. you got to figure out some fatty foods or something. You Head know? back to Toronto and get on that poutine diet. Oh, that's that poutine diet. I love that poutine. <laughs> awesome. Uh, it's uh, now it's number nine. Number nine is better state fair discounted merch items. Listen, I understand you had the whole new era, new look kind of stuff, so you didn't want to hit all your discount items. But last year at the state fair, pathetic. Just nothing on sale. And usually that's where you go and you're like, oh, Kevin Martin's not on the team anymore. Let me go to the state fair and get a $10 Kevin Martin jersey. I play pickup hoops every week in a Derek Williams jersey I got for $10 at the state fair. It was always the best play to be like, they're place to be like they're off the team now let me go stock up on their merch for bargain basement prices yeah and they've moved away from that and even the sale items were not very good sales they were still overpriced and now it's just become an extension of the team store where everything's overpriced the sales aren't real sales and it's just like man this used to be the place where you unloaded your crap that you don't want and now it's more like a branded marketing thing where we, we still have to put out you know products we're proud in and where it's not about unloading just like all this junk we don't want anymore bring it back yeah, we want the clearance items Please. Uh, it's been a couple years with Nike now. I got to feel like there's there's years of stuff kind of building up. Just throw it in there. We we love shopping at the state. All fair, those extra y'all. city edition jerseys from last year with the wolf Bring gray. Let's go. Oh, yeah, those. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Keep the Prince ones. Ago, you know. Yeah. yeah. But the ones that are two years old. Come on. Give us a discount. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to number eight. This one is we want guards who can shoot. Shooters. Guards. Simple. Who can shoot? Just shooters. Number seven. <laughs> Number seven, Derrick Rose signing somewhere else. Yeah, we are worried about the idea of Derrick Rose coming on back here. He, he did have uh, some amazing moments and uh, some when he could make it onto the floor, he played pretty well. Played I, better than we expected, but uh, I love the Timberwolves. Worried about him. I love the Timberwolves social media still trying to squeeze out every drop of Derrick Rose as they can yeah, right now. They're the like, documentary. Yeah, they're just trying because it's easy likes, easy retweets. You know, we know that Rose is one of the most popular players in the world still. Yeah. And so they're like, man, before he signs somewhere else, we got to get on all this social media. <laughs> activity you know meet our monthly quota for engagement on social media yeah technically he is i mean still they're still using him in season ticket advertising right now but so. we just want to see derrick rose you know think about his uh, legacy as a yeah. as a cha- nba champion he doesn't have one yet oh you yeah know what i mean so why don't you go, go join the warriors go play for a playoff team go get an upper echelon uh, off the bench uh shooter role or scorer role you know yeah warriors rockets there's so many teams that you can go to and uh find yourself in the conference finals back in the conference finals again derrick rose Go over there. It'd be fun. Quick, look over there. So, yeah, that's what we want. Where are we on now? Seven? Number six. Time for Jimmy Butler this summer. He's got a big summer coming up. You know, if you didn't know, he's looking for a big contract. Uh, fans around the here might have heard of it. I'm looking forward to him for settling for an underwhelming contract. Uh, whether that's only two years with more money or he, if he wants his five, he's not getting the five-year max. Uh, if he wants a four-year max, uh, I don't think anyone's going to give him that. And so does he want four years uh, money that is like way less than the max? Or does he want to try and go one or two years and get that max money uh, for that time period? Either way, Jimmy Butler is not going to make a fraction of the money that he would have made if he just stayed with his pal Tom Thibodeau. He stayed in the Twin Cities. We would have been paying him this offseason. Scott, where's the bar for this though? Like, what is going to be the what's going to be like a realistic but also satisfying smaller contract than normal deal for Jimmy? Is it just is it just a four year max maybe instead of a five, or is it well, like a four year at slightly discounted? Can rates? the Sixers offer him the five year max? Because I'm not certain. About it, that. I, it, I, think I think if they, if, if they got Lord, his bird yeah. rights, they could do it, but they're not doing it because they're going to. You know, Keep to, uh, Tobias, Tobias and instead. yeah. So at, at most from the Sixers, I could see them offering. So what if the Nets give him four years max? Is that is that a satisfying like less than he would have gotten? I mean, it's still a max. Yeah, no, it's one year less. I'll, I will. I won't be angry, but I'll be like, man, that wasn't what I was looking forward to. I want him to. I want <laughs> him to be max. like, oh wow, he really his. His acting up the past three seasons, really, in the NBA has really cost him some money. I mean, Bill Simmons is on the record saying no one's going to offer him more than two years. We'll wait and see about that.
that. I think if you're the Nets or if you're the Lakers and you strike out on a bunch of guys, you might throw a four-year max at him just to, so you have yeah. someone next to LeBron next season. Yeah, and a lot of playoffs still for him. I mean, we'll see what happens in this Toronto series. He could blow up his knee in this playoff so still. He could get hurt or he could play great or he could just be underwhelming. There's lots of, you know, there's still, I think, some data that, you know, his next team or whatever will look at here and see. So Also, I can't written. wait for when the Sixers do lose, all the stories to come out blaming Jimmy. Everyone's going to be like, everyone's going to, there'll be stories, anonymous sources blaming Joel and blaming Ben, but I think the loudest the call. Toxic environment. Yeah, it's blaming Brett Brown, but I'm pretty sure the number one guy who'll get all the dirt and spelled on him is going to be Jimmy. And I'm going to just, just be, easy. I'm going to be sitting by the pool. You know, I'm going to be sitting by the lake reading those on my phone with a giant smile on my face. All right, let's move on to number five. It's the Josh Okogi statue outside Target Center. I don't know if it's going to be built by the start of next season, but I'd like to see the designs at least. Yeah, you know? I'd, like to, I'd like to hear whispers of a rumor. Yeah, it's just like I know that the the final design decision was coming down between him jamming on somebody or him in the defensive position, you know? Yeah, and I would so, like to see him going up for the James Harden block. I mean, that's his oh, signature yeah. moment right now. So I like the idea of him just one arm up, like kind of defending in that kind of way, defending a shot in that kind of way, a closeout kind of statue, I guess. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, you know, once again, we don't need to be ready by the start of the next season, but you should at least break. Right we want to see movement on this, yeah, please. Exactly. Yeah. All right. That brings us to number four. On our list of things we want to see over the summer from the Wolves. Our first round draft pick throwing out the first pitch at Target Field. It's become a rite of passage. We've seen KG do it. We've seen Tyus do it. We've seen Cat. We've seen Wiggins. We've seen, uh, you know, Zach Levine do it. We've seen Tom Thibodeau do it. Did Okogi get it last year? I wonder. I don't remember. I don't remember Okogi doing it. He He must have. That's I mean, a great question. There's but, a lot of games to fill. I yeah, don't know how exactly. they... Yeah, exactly. Well, it's what, also... You, you draft the guy, like, and then he comes to Minnesota for a week, you know, and doing all the promotion. Tour, Maybe yeah. the Twins are on the road during that press tour with Okoki. Yeah, yeah. Either way, uh, it's a rite of passage. I like to see the funky uh, form, you know. I have a, <laughs> I have a small power rankings in the back of my head of first pitches by Timberwolves players, and... Uh, have we done that? I don't know. I feel like we, we've just talked it, about it's it. It's a visual thing. Uh, I think I've done it for a Wolves cast digest, but it's more of a yeah, visual thing, so... You need to see him. Yeah, so I have my rankings. Obviously, like the 50 cent. Uh, you know, throw out. There's some other celebrity. Oh yeah, there's some terrible. Ones. No, no wolves have been done terrible. You know, some have been less than stellar. Like but no, wolf, no wolves have been embarrassing yet. So maybe that'll be a thing. But we'll have to wait and see. All right, time to get to number three. Going to a lot of Lynx games this summer. It's the thing to do in the summer. Summer hoops. You see the Minnesota Lynx. I'm excited to I'll get to know the new players. I'll be there. Wave at me. At that's the pre- right. In the press section. Neil's going to be at all the games. So I love it when I see Timberwolves players at Lynx games. You uh, just sit courtside, look and fly. They get to, you know, they get to look stylish. They got sit on the court and support the hometown team. And, you know, I think that, you know, idiots don't usually do that. But smart players like Tyus, I've seen do that. Like people who know the NBA, like Kevin Garnett. Uh, do that really smart basketball minds appreciate the WNBA and I love to see the Wolves players come out and support and you know what it's also a extension of what we've been already talking about here way up at number 11 uh, before is just being in town right right you, uh, you know the WNBA season goes until September so you could get the know, training the end camp. of the season the guys coming in at the very end but no I want to see guys in June and July coming to, to Lynx games right because it means they're staying here they're training here they're getting in that Minneapolis beautiful summer you know all that stuff so it kind of ties into that as well. Like, be around, you know, be in the community, be around the basketball scene here in the Twin Cities. Like, that's what we want to see from you. So, and that kind of leads us into number two a fresh start culturally. Yeah, that's one of the things, you know, you get a new fresh culture start. Team is actually we handing out it. with each other. They like each other. They're here in the summer and what's a great group outing? Go to those Lynx games. You know, and the go col- to Fogo de Chao. Exactly. Go go all this great downtown spots. Top golf in the summertime. Actually, you like Ooh. top golf so much in the winter. Let's take Wiggins and Gorgie to a real golf course in the summer and yeah, see how they on, do. Work on them swings. Uh but yeah, I mean, culturally this team, you know, coming off the Thibodeau era, Obviously, and we talked about how last summer was kind of a, a you know a wasteland. You know, not many people here, and just sort of not really having a uh, uh, you know a really a identity about your team, and just sort of like understand what you are. Obviously, Thibodeau always preaching hard work and all this like sort of uh, typical stuff. We have to improve <laughs> all that stuff. You know, it's, he definitely had a message, but I didn't really I didn't really feel like he established a culture other than that of fear 
and uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, anxiety. It, it sort of yeah. The guy it, he brought to install the culture was Jimmy Butler, <laughs> who he was. Tom Thibodeau was on the starters yeah. like last week, saying like that was a great practice from Jimmy. He uh, brings out the best in people, so he still thinks the right culture is maniacal Jimmy Butler screaming at people. Like the Game of Zones episode, you saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that was so good because that is that is Perfect. the energy that Jimmy was bringing. And so now it's but even though you move on from him, which seems like forever ago, and you move on from Butler too, the the culture needs to be reset. Even yep. though Ryan comes in and everyone's happy about that, like even if he's still going to be the guy, you can kind of have a resetting of that and and, and kind of you know restart and just kind of start fresh here with with a new group of guys, with a new team, with a new leader um, at both the president level and, and and then at the coaching level as well. So I feel like the cultural thing is is really going to get kicked off this summer because even as if you had good vibes, even though they were losing a lot of games and having a terrible defense in the last few months of the season with Ryan, the summer is really where you're going to remake this team. It's going to feel fresh at that point. Right. And we're looking forward to that. All right. And that brings us to number number one. one. The number one thing we want to see from the Timberwolves this summer. It's never happened before. Ever. And you know what? Every time it doesn't happen, the math, the, the odds, the statistics, the probability gets even crazier. In all the years that we've been in the lottery, which is most of the years, the Timberwolves have never once moved up in the draft lottery. That's right. Even the year we got number one, we had the worst record. We deserved it. We've moved down so many times. I'm looking at you, Shaquille Draft. (laughs) Shaquille O'Neal. We were destined for him, and God, that got stolen from us. So what I'm trying to say is it's bound to happen at some point because that's how probability works. Will it happen this summer? I don't know, but it would be wonderful for the very first time to see us move up in the NBA draft. I think it can happen. And, you know, I mean, statistically, it has to happen at some point. Someday it will at happen. At some point, it has to happen. We have is a, this year, though? Uh, like I'm just saying, I mean. 10% chance? If, no, 14. 14% yeah. chance to move into the top four. We're not talking about one. We're talking about top four. Yeah. You flip a coin 10 times, you expect it to come up heads five, tails five. But sometimes it comes up heads 10 times in a row. And what's been happening for the Wolves is that the draft lottery has been coming up tails 20 times in a row. So it's time for us to move up. And listen, the Wolves have a good opportunity here. By missing the playoffs, you get a good shot at getting a quality player to add to your core. And the Wolves are in a weird spot because they have, obviously, a lot of young guys. And I feel like... You know, I feel like they need to use this opportunity as a, as a chance to add to that young core. Unfortunately, that young core involves Andrew Wiggins. But, you know, with Towns, Sharich, um, you know. you know, Kogi. Okogi, you have that right there. And then you add Wiggins, who who knows what that's going to be. But the Wolves have a, a great opportunity here to add a point guard or another guard, two guard maybe. Someone who can be under 25 and just be growing with this team. Because ultimately, you're still a pretty young team. Sure, right. Towns is getting a little older. But you, you need more young guys to grow and well, to be good in two or three years. This is something like, yeah. I didn't bring up for the draft part. But we can't take someone like Bol Bol. You know? Bol Bol. Like, <laughs> you mean like the crazy project or something? Is yeah. That what you mean you know, by that? Or just somebody who is you know the a home risk. run swing a we risk. can't take a home yeah. run swing because at this point we can't we are so locked up in our cap situation we can't add players to support they towns to and we don't want it to be like kg's years where we couldn't put supporting players around towns yep. so you need to get picks that absolutely can contribute something you know you can't take a home run swing and be like well he didn't turn out or yep he was just too injured to ever play but if he had done it that was worth you know the chance we're not at that point anymore you know it's not a time for i love baseball metaphor it's not a time for that home run cut you gotta just try and get on base it's like having a guy on third you need to hit the sack fly just put the ball in play all right. Well, that does it for power rankings. Let us know uh, on Twitter or in the Wolves uh, in the Canis Hoopus comment section uh, what you want to see from the summer uh, over the summer in movies or the Wolves. Either one. You know, what I mean, what films are you checking out? You know, what kind of uh, you know what are you excited about for blockbusters and stuff like that. But then also, what do you want to see that happen to the Timberwolves in town? All right, uh, we're gonna get to weekly Wolfies, but first, another message from the Minnesota Lynx. Rookie power forward Nafisa Collier is the highest Minnesota draft pick since 2012. UConn pedigree in tow, she's primed to be the face of a new era of Lynx basketball. Her inside-outside game is a marvel to see, but she also moonlights as a YouTube star in the offseason. Fisa the foodie takes us around the world with Collier as she samples unique cuisines. Be sure to like and subscribe. The Minnesota Lynx. Get to know them.
Wolfing, your weekly Wolfie. Giving out awards. Some things are good. Some things are bad. Some things are basketball. Some things are not basketball. Scott, why don't you get us started off here tonight? Everything is everything. Weekly Wolfies. All right, my Wolfies are going to go to the Clippers. I actually got mm-hmm. mad respect for them, what they're doing to the Warriors. You know, the Warriors are six. Man, the, Clip- more. the Clippers. I mean, um, actually, Neil, I've changed my mind. No respect. I hate it. <laughs> The Clippers are the only team that in the league that has, you know, in competition for the most pathetic franchise with us. It's us. They're right We're there. We're the most pathetic. But they've never reached the conference finals. We have. And also, you know, like, the, so basically, I want them to be bad. Not because I hate the Clippers, but just because we need somebody in the basement with yeah, us that some, give us a run for the company. money. And so uh, I'm angry at the Clippers for a couple reasons. Uh, that, you know, that they're making their franchise. They got a bright future. I hate that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that they ruined my Warriors prediction. I was going to predict the Warriors were going to go undefeated. You did predict it. I really underestimated how much those guys are lazy. They really, they are really <laughs> phoning it in. And the at sad, home, too. The, the sad home, thing is, like, Oracle. they're they're phoning it in this hard, and they're still going to win the championship, which is just probably, stupid. Probably. Uh, but the main reason I'm upset is that them beating the Warriors last night, cost Spencer Dinwiddie his request. He had a wish. He he tweeted at the NBA, uh, can we have no basketball games scheduled for Avengers Endgames premiere Friday, April 26th? <laughs> and yeah, I so love Spencer Dinwiddie for that. And he, and if, he, if the Warriors had won and closed out that series, there would have been no basketball games on Avengers opening day. And so, uh, you know, I just I feel like the Clippers took that opportunity from us. I'm sorry, Spencer Dinwiddie. At least you're out of the playoffs now. You can go see it. I'm sure he's already in it. I'm sure he's watching it right now. But, uh, you know, I'm just saying, like, that could have come true. Could have been, but uh, yeah, he's going to have to stay home and watch basketball instead. He has to, apparently. Right? <laughs> if it's on, if it's on, I have to stay home and watch. Uh, sure. I'm sure he said it. Yeah. He, I bet he's seen it tonight. He he'll, said that when he retires, he wants to use his basketball earnings to build a real Iron Man suit. I love that. figure out a way, and we will uh, try to retweet any Avengers updates from, uh, from uh, Spencer Dinwiddie this weekend and uh, next week. The Wolvescast can't follow us at Wolvescast. Okay, my uh, Wolfie goes to um, Minnesota United. That's right, the the soccer uh, football team uh, here locally in Minnesota. They now have a, a new beautiful uh, home field. It's Allianz Field, located in uh, the Midway area of St. Paul, and um, had a chance to check out a game uh, this week, and wow, it was uh, really, really fun. I'd been to United matches in the past at both the Metrodome and uh, last year at TCF. And wow, the the field really makes a difference. It's so um, it's so special. It's really new, but it's also like properly sized. Like they're not playing in, in an a football, NFL stadium. football stadium anymore. It's like hella empty. It's like there it was a sellout crowd at twenty thousand, which is like great. You know, it's like feels like an arena, but it's like you know perfectly sized. And the games are just super fun. And I feel like um, now you know I've I've always enjoyed the game. I used to ref. Uh, soccer I used to play soccer I used to play the game so I, I do like the game and and wow yesterday was a was a zero zero game ended zero zero and I had such a wonderful time yeah. and I feel like that's like the mark of when like you know like you're fully enjoying soccer and football it's like no one scored we don't even need to see a score the scoring it's like but we left being like we got to go back and see that again because they played a team that was better than them they played the LA Galaxy who are like six and one whereas like MN United is like three and three so they played them to a draw and then in football and soccer it's more than scoring it's about like you know a draw was a good thing for yeah. the for the loons last night you know and stuff like that so just a really good experience a few the field is beautiful um great great um sight lines from just about anywhere so this summer they play all year i mean they play all summer long uh much like the links and stuff so but you're be, get to be outdoors so you know i know last year or last week i you know promoted the links and watching league pass and watching the the WNBA this summer also, go check out uh, MLS if you get a moment, get a game to go go see Allianz Shouts Field. Shouts to Steve McPherson. Shouts out to Steve McPherson. That's right. He's writing uh, over there at the website uh, for United. So it's a really great time. They're a fun team, and I highly recommend the MN United experience. Go check them out. Fun summer. fact, uh, I was also a soccer referee, not because I played <laughs> it, but because Neil bought a soccer referee uniform, and the athletic director in Farmington was like, hey, Scott. Don't you, don't you have the uniform? And I'm like, yeah. And then he's like, okay, you're a soccer referee. I'm like, I don't know anything about soccer. I don't, he's like, what, what do you know about soccer? I'm like, can't touch the ball with your hands. It's like, that's all you need to know. 
And so I got a job as a soccer referee and I was just out there being like, I don't know any of these yeah. rules. But, you know, I was a middle schooler, so it's mostly like who touched it last who before it went out. Yeah, that's like 90% ball. of the calls. So, <laughs> you know, you have like parents being like, my eighth grader just went off sides. You got to call that. It's like, uh, no, 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 these are middle schoolers. They yeah. suck, you know. Oh, well. All right. That's it for Weekly Wolfies. Let's play a game. No, Let's we go. have a one more word from our oh, sponsor, actually. Right. And uh, once again, we just want to thank the Minnesota Lynx for sponsoring us. We're big fans of what they're doing. You can check out, follow Lynx underscore Dynasty on Twitter. That's Neil's Lynx account. He's going to be writing and covering the team all year long on Canis Hoopus. And the name of your Lynx podcast, Neil? Yeah, the Los Lynx Talk Show. The, the podcast is becoming two shows within one feed. Nice. There's Lynx Dynasty and there's the Los Lynx Talk Show doing both this year. So, yeah, please follow. And here is another spot. Here's... Here is another word from our sponsor. She's back. Brazilian big Damaris Dantas returns to Minnesota, the franchise that drafted her seven years ago. She's a skilled post threat that can guard power forwards and centers alike. And while basketball is her profession, ice fishing is her passion. She's happy to have found herself back in the land of frozen 10,000 lakes. Look out, crappies. Dantas is coming for you. The Minnesota Lynx. Get to know them. All right. We're almost out of here. But, of course, we got to finish this out with a game. Scott, why don't we, why don't we, why don't we do that? Right. What you got for me this week? Sebastian Telfair, a 33-year-old former high school phenom who played 172 games over two stints with the Minnesota Timberwolves, has been convicted of possessing a firearm and could be sentenced to 15 years in prison. Wow. Officials say Telfair had three pistols and what appeared to be a semi-automatic rifle as well as ammo and a bulletproof vest and some weed when he got caught. Uh, He pled not guilty and fought the charges but was found guilty by a jury in New York City this week of felony criminal possession of a weapon. So, Neil, here are five questions in honor of Bassey Telfair. Ah, Bassey. Here are five questions about wolves who have had trouble with the law. (laughs) All right, let's go. Number one. Which wolf who played for last year's team was arrested for driving with a suspended license after being pulled over for making an illegal U-turn less than a week after signing his contract with the Wolves. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's a player who played last year, so in the fall, like right after he signed, or in the summer after he signed with the team. Well, he might have been here for multiple seasons, so it wasn't necessarily last summer. Ah, okay, so he was on the team last year. And whenever he signed his contract, within a week, he got arrested for driving with a suspended license. Actually, I don't know if it was arrested or just cited. I think I know who it is. Was it, was it, not Bassie, but Bazzy. Shabazz. Uh, Did Shabazz play for the team last year, Neil? Sorry, half the year? No. Or sorry, I was thinking I was thinking the entire last year. Not yeah. not this last year. Calendar. Two years ago. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> you mean this season? You mean He 18, played for the Wolves 18, last season. 19. Yes. 1819. Who got a I don't know. I don't know who it is. Who it is? You tell me. I don't want to guess man. Would help if I told you he was arrested in Queens. Or pull or cited Ooh, in Queens. Taj. That's right. Happens to the best of us. Wow, the good guy. Yeah, I know. Good That's boy. why it was a shocking one. Wow. Hopefully you'll remember this one. Uh, what former wolf was cited for speeding and possessing half an ounce of weed when he was pulled over in Minnetonka during the 2011 NBA lockout? Ooh, I, <laughs> I don't know if I know this one. Uh, oh, man, there's a name I'm thinking of, and unfortunately he passed away. Is it Eddie Griffin? Wolves, Wolves, <laughs> Griffin. Who is the biggest stoner on the team in the past ten years? Oh, uh, Beasley. It's Mike Bees. Michael Beasley, Bees. super cool Bees. Okay, that makes sense. By the way, he's the weed was his friend. Okay, not his. Okay, well, it's not his. Weed. His name. Was, it was his have his name on. Apparently, he cursed when the officer pulled it out from under the seat. Though. <laughs> That's not mine. <laughs> All right, three more, Neil. Which former Timberwolves dunk contest participant has served time in jail? After pleading guilty to cocaine possession, evading the police, and battery, this player has also been in trouble with the law for marijuana possession, possession of illegal cell phones, and gambling in public after he was seen throwing dice on a street corner. Illegal cell phones? He had scratched the serial numbers off, and apparently these cell phones would charge other people for the calls he would make. The answer is J.R. Ryder. That's right. He's had a lot of trouble with the law. <laughs> a lot of trouble with the law. Uh, I like illegal cell phones. Yeah, these things don't make legal calls. <laughs> Actually, he, he <laughs> his, <was> his <laughs> bill. He was he was billing other people when he made his calls and texts. Didn't we, have enough money. Uh, remember when we used to get charged per text message? Yeah, what a weird <laughs> world. Our kids will never believe us. All right, two more, Neil. 
Which deceased former wolf was allegedly drunk when he caused a car accident in a parking lot of Santana Foods near Dinkytown in March 2006? A subsequent lawsuit claimed that he was watching a pornographic DVD in his SUV and masturbating at the time of the crash. This is former wolf Eddie Griffin. Rest in peace, Dad. Griffith or Griffin? Griffin. Griffin. He died in a drunk driving accident when he like drove onto train tracks train while tracks. he was drunk. Rest in peace. Don't drive drunk, everybody. It's just not worth it. Nah. And finally, Neil, final question. Which former Timberwolves player and coach pled guilty to failing to file his North Carolina tax returns for three years? Former player and coach. Yep. Uh, Salty Smitch? Uh, let me guess again. Former former Wolves player and coach? That's correct. Um, former head coach? No. Oh, oh, oh. Um, what, who, what did they do again? They did not pay their North Carolina taxes for three years. North Carolina taxes? He's currently an assistant coach for the Pistons. Oh, oh, oh. Um, is it uh, Sydney Lowe? That's yes! correct. Don't worry, Sid. Don't worry, Sydney. Some, Casey some, some people don't uh, pay their taxes and they become president. And some people don't he pay their taxes and State. you get in trouble. NC State. So, He's yeah. like most famous for his NC State That's like, right. appearance. Yeah. And so he just thought that it he didn't have to pay taxes. But remember, it, you, taxes, you're not kid. rich enough to pay not pay taxes. If you're going to skip paying your taxes, you better be rich enough to not get in trouble for it. Wow. There it is. Great, great, uh, great quiz there. Yeah, great, it was it was a dark game. rabbit hole I fell down into today after seeing that Telfair information. Stuff happens. Yeah, that's Time right. Goes. That's right. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Wolf's Cast. This season of Wolf's Cast. Ooh, it's a wrap on the season. Neil we, and I, uh, we, we brought out the champagne tonight. Ooh, I like that. Uh, yeah, we're, we're drinking champagne and having a good time recording a podcast because at the end of the season, as Scott mentioned before, we'll be back this summer we intermittently. Love the, we love the season, but really with the NBA, there's no real off season. Mm. There's going to be lots of fun stuff happening. Yep. You know the playoffs are going to be crazy. Uh, we got the draft lottery. We're already looking. Maybe we'll move up once. Two for, weeks away from us right yeah, now, draft and then, lottery. And then we have the draft, which is always a ton of fun. We, wolves people know about the draft, and that's for sure. And well, so, Always there. And then free agency. That's going to be a ton of fun this summer, especially if the Wolves are hanging out in town like we've been talking about all episode. Yeah. Um, there's probably, unless we move up in the draft, which, you know, has never happened. But if we do move up in the draft, we get a top four pick. You bet Neil and I are recording a podcast yeah. about that. Yeah. Going over all the people we could pick with a top four pick. Yeah. Otherwise, but, it'll probably be a post draft. Yeah. It'll probably be a post draft episode or maybe like a draft preview episode um, if, you know, we feel like some stuff has really changed and we have an idea of who the Wolves might be targeting. Trade up or something. Yeah. Yeah, we might we might make an episode, but definitely post draft, and then definitely post free agency. Um, you know, I I mean, the last time we had a big free agency podcast, they signed Jeff Teague and Taj Gibson like the first week of free agency. So, yeah. uh, depending on when they sign, whatever free agents they're going to sign, we'll have a podcast then. And you know, if anything else crazy happens, you know, we'll be here to react to that. But until then, we'll probably not see you until the NBA draft. But that doesn't mean you have to go without podcasts in your ear hole. We have the links. Uh, Dynasty and the uh, Los Links Links talk show. Subscribe to that podcast feed. Um, Like I said, there's a lot of new Links players, and the best way to learn about them is to listen to Neil. That's right. Check out that. And uh, yeah, we will be back a couple times this summer, so just follow us on Twitter at Wolvescast uh, if you can, and uh, check out Kena Supas all summer long for Links coverage, Wolves off-season coverage. All all that good stuff will be there, so you can uh, check it out there. And, uh, yeah, just uh, stay in touch on Twitter and, and stuff like that because we'll be having more shows. We want to hear from you. And it should be an exciting offseason for the Wolves. And if, we'll see what happens. If, it, if you're listening to this before 6.30 p.m. Uh, Friday, April 26th, don't look at me. Don't no talk spoilers. to me. I don't no want to see you. Thanos demands your silence. He's slaughtering my little Timber Pumps. Oh, this was supposed to be all year.